Upload Path podcast is a creative brew of nature magic practices. Each episode will have a different theme linked to the particular season. And on occasion, there will be interviews with like-minded guests. Insights will be shared from witch walks, journeying, nature connections, oracles, and wise woman talk. Come sit in a virtual circle to honour sacred wildness. Welcome to the second season, episode one of the Antler Path podcast. I am Hilary, and this is the call of the deer, inspired in part by the potent calls of the stags locally through the current deer rut, and by an instinct to honour the spirit of autumn. It is wonderful to be back in the podcast zone, and I do hope you enjoy this new season. There are a lot of treats in store and a new approach to the way I set out the episodes too. I will still be opening and closing the sacred space of each episode, and there will be occasional guests along the pathways. The main difference is that I will be adding a new section to the episodes, which I'm excited to call Trodcasts. Yes, you heard that right, Trodcasts. This is my own term for the short recordings I make out on the deer trods. I felt it was needed to bring in the alive energy of nature, the elements, especially the wind and the rain and the spirits as they come through with their inspirations, I just feel like it's important to bring in a more intimate, deeper sense of nature into this podcast and also to link to folk tales and myths, poetry and other creative works as well. So to begin this new season, I will now invite you into the sacred space for this episode. Please do soften your gaze or close your eyes. And we arrive in our circle sanctuary of a grove, deep within our shared inner landscapes. And here we connect to World Mother Tree and we shelter from the storms of life, the fast pace of the world around us, as we settle in to the roots, deep and strong beneath us, to trunk wide and tall, and to branches high and broad. Just notice your breath, quieten your mind. Noticing the gentle movement of the deer's cloven hooves nearby, the clicking of the stag's antlers, the rush of the wind through the trees, the soft warmth of waning autumn sun and the smooth flow of a generous deep river. 
the tall flickering shadows created by the timeless standing stones that encircle the grove. Just feeling into the pathways, feeling into the call of the deer, the ancient rising of antlered energy that gains powerful momentum in the autumn in the Northern Hemisphere. And your crown energy opens and aligns to the antlers around you. You feel yourself empowered and alive to the sovereignty of the land, to the true sacred purpose of your path. Just noticing your breath again, taking a few slow breaths as you align the sacred in a landscape to the present moment and the space around you now. So welcome. And in this episode, I'm going to share with you some insights around the ancient connections we have spiritually with deer from a British perspective. And as I mentioned, this episode has arisen through me from my connections locally to the deer rot and all the incredible bellowings and high octane drama that occurs between the stags, as well as the shifts in the energy locally at this time of mid-autumn. So the deer who live in uh, the local deer park, where I recorded a small part of this episode's trodcast, have had a massive impact on my life since 2018 when we moved here. We literally had no idea there was even a deer park here, as the move was sudden and our home was connected to availability rather than choice. Although now, in retrospect, I see it was all perfect synchronicity. I'd spent years longing to be immersed in the energy of the red deer rut and had visited Exmoor a few times, but had missed the deer when out looking for them. So here we are right next to a deer park that has been there since at least the early 1500s. It's over 700 acres or 300 hectares and the land is a mixture of woodland and pasture and there's some very ancient oak, ash, chestnut and rare species of trees too as part of the arboretum collection. There are various locations around the outer perimeter of the deer park where one can go on permissive pathways to view and listen to and connect with the deer from a distance but it's not always guaranteed you're going to see them as there's so much deep ancient woodland that they can dwell in. Um, so it's a real joy when, when you do see them close up. And we hear the red deer stags bellowing from our garden between late September and November. And this is something of a blessing in my mind. We also hear the seeker stags and the fallow too, the three species that live in the deer park. So now I think it's a good time to share my trodcast with you, which includes a brief recording of beautiful, vibrant stags bellowing. Enjoy. Mm -hmm. 
So this is the first podcast of the Antler Path podcast, <laughs> season two, and I'm very excited to start my podcast journey with you out on the land near where I live, not even half a mile from my door. And I'm just on the edge of a field that backs onto an ancient and very large deer park. And basically there's three herds of deer that live in the deer park. I'm going to check the acreage, but I think it's several hundred acres. And sometimes the deer aren't to be seen or heard throughout the year, but at the autumn equinox, they start to make their way over to this part of the deer park because there's a lot of open ground and high ground and old oak trees and the red deer stags love to battle it out on the high ground by these lovely trees and they are very vocal today so I'm hopeful that I can get some good sounds for you to share the energy and the connections. So there's now at least eight stags battling it out on the hillside. I just saw six charge across towards the woodland area. Um, And then I've seen a couple from the woodland area coming across the hill too. And I've heard antlers clicking. Unfortunately, I can't record the antlers clicking. It's a shame because it's beautiful sound. Um, Yeah, there's some real primal tribal energies going on here in the deer park today um it's just incredible it makes me wonder if it's coming to sort of a peak because it always seems to get very very loud and boisterous just before they finish the rut lots of fighting going on it's amazing and the red deer are the largest land mammal in um, britain so yeah it's a big big size of creature battling it out and for me it's um you know a shift in the local sovereignty you know in the local deer trods there's a real shift of energy and um you know I've lived here five years and it would almost seem strange to not have it now um it it sets in motion for me the winter it sets in motion a new cycle of energy um, in terms of the primal aspects of life. Um, those aspects are quite hard to put into words, but they just feel their way into being, you know. Um, and I'm stood here watching them run across the hill, backwards and forwards. <laughs> I don't like to go too close. So I'm, qu- I'm about two fields away from where the action is. Even though I'm right on the edge of the deer park, I don't want to. I don't want to walk like a mile up to the other side where you can get closer because I don't want to disturb them. I'm now seeing, oh my gosh, two stags coming from the woods towards the big group in the middle, and they've just, oh my gosh, they've just completely collided. One fell over, and. Um, they're chasing each other basically and then they go head to head and lock antlers 
wow it's amazing so um i will leave it there for now <laughs> and um carry on talking about my insights related to to the deer rut and related to um, the local deer trods shortly our relationship with deer is very ancient at star car in yorkshire archaeologists discovered headdresses made from red deer skulls these 11,000 year old creations were perhaps used to help in preparing for hunting, for shamanic rituals, or both. In the Highlands, people once called the deer fairy cattle, and people believe fairies milked them on mountain tops. In Celtic religion, the stag was a symbol for the god Sunanus, the horned one. Sunanus was often portrayed with antlers himself and was a god of the forest and wild animals. The magnificent Gundestrup cauldron, for example, shows an antler man alongside a deer and other wildlife. Though this is often regarded as a representation of Sinonis, his pose in a half-lotus position suggests he could also be a Celtic shaman. Different species of deer, as well as wholly magical versions, played their part in different mythologies. Even so, in Northern Europe, the recurring theme of the deer as animal of the hunt, and specifically the chase, revolved around the red deer. These animals, especially the stags, were always depicted as highly alert and swift beasts, against which the royalty and aristocracy could pit their wits. And indeed heroes in the myths. Laws and taboos denied the common folk access to this bounty. Even so, we are all familiar with medieval outlaws like Robin Hood, who risked severe punishment for the taste of venison. The word venison was originally used to refer to the meat of any of the wild animals of the chase, including wild boar, for example. The word is derived via the French from the Latin venari, meaning to hunt. When antlers were not kept as a hunting trophy, people carved this hard material to make early weapons, tools, jewellery and buttons, and continues to be used for handles for anything from hunting knives to walking sticks and ritual items. Although in more recent centuries, it's been mostly men who have been associated with deer hunting and the rituals or dancers that are associated with the hunts, what I find fascinating is that the time or the period pre-settling and ownership of land and patriarchy, it was the women who performed the rituals linked to the deer. In the late 30s, 1930s that is, <laughs> historian and folklorist J.G. McKay wrote a very in-depth article, The Deer Cult and the Deer Goddess Cult of the Ancient Caledonians. This was for the Folklore Society of Britain. In the first paragraphs of this wonderful piece, he states, There are an immense number of tales, traditions, references, notices of customs, and various minor matters which show conclusively that there formerly existed in the Highlands of Scotland two cults, probably pre-Celtic, a deer cult, 
and a dear goddess cult. The latter cult was administered by women only, and both cults originated during a period when women or woman was paramount and man inferior, and when man himself was in the hunting stage of development. He seems to indicate that the sacred feminine was profoundly prominent, as it was in many ancient societies or groups of people. He goes on to say, I can speak definitely with regard to Scottish Gaelic, but only that. Yet the existence of stag dancers in England, and the fact that stag dancers used to be danced both in England and in Germany by men dressed as women, an important point. Also the existence on the continent of various local saints who have the stag or the roe as their attribute. And the case of Diana and that of Artemis, both hunting divinities and both feminine, as well as various connected matters, suggests that it would be worthwhile for anyone who has the necessary qualifications to look for vestiges of a former universal deer cult in Europe or in most of Europe. I was attracted long ago by Gallic tales of mysterious feminine characters who sometimes appear as mortal witches and sometimes as colossal old women. With one exception, they are all local. They owned, herded and milked the deer of their respective districts and the deer themselves are intimately associated with the fairies and are said to be their cattle. But it is only recently that I realised that these and many other things could only be explained as the last surviving vestiges of a former deer cult and deer goddess cult. I then began gathering everything which was connected with the deer and except in certain instances which are noted in their places farther on and which are most certainly corruptions resulting from the change in society which took place when matriarchy as superseded by patriarchy had occurred, I cannot find anything which militates against my theories. This attempt at recovering something which in the very dim past must have been the framework upon which primitive society was built, is very novel. The dear goddesses are never spoken of as such. Each is described as a banshee or supernatural or fairy woman. One, an Irish goddess, is universally known, but the others are all intensely local and have each a local territorial designation in which each being is called a kailak of that particular area. The gigantic stature of these old women, their love for the deer, and the fact that their dealings are almost exclusively with hunters, and the fact that each is referred to as a Bianchi or supernatural woman seems sufficient warrant for calling them deer goddesses. Not one of the Highland deer goddesses shows any sign of domestication. Not one wields distaff, pitchfork or broom. They are all creatures of the wild. This is very significant and suggests a very great antiquity. Their legends also are of the simplest 
and read very light chapters in natural history. There is nothing like a march of events or a series of adventures leading up to a climax. This also indicates antiquity on the principle that the more simple, the more primitive. It is further to be noted as a matter of first importance that no giant or gigantic male being is ever associated with the deer. The rest of his piece is incredibly well presented and contains many references to myths, folktales and to other work backing up his assertions and theories. It really is quite unique. You can find his article through the Folklore Journal website and I will share a link to this on my social media. When I first read the article, my mind started to wander into a pre-farming landscape where the boundaries between the world seem to feel very blurred and the sacred domain of other world feels more tangible, more present. And I can just about see within my inner landscape a green, white female figure, possibly fae or shapeshifter, within a cave or similar sheltered space by firelight, enacting a deer ritual with antlers and bones. It feels as real as the trees I see out of my window as I sit and record this podcast. People were much closer to the deer as allies in ancient times. There was much less separation between humans and other animals spiritually. Animals were seen to have potent spirits, and we can see this through a lot of the ancient cave art around the world. The deer were a key part of human life and respected through spiritual activities. This spiritual relationship between people and the deer, although as faded, still lingers in the mass subconscious and still illuminates our spiritual memories and still call to us on the spiritual trods. To follow the trods, to follow the light, we are awakened to the wildness of ourselves, the wild edge parts around us that are so readily known and trodden on by the deer. And I know that when I'm out walking and I hear the bellowing of the red stags nearby, I don't notice the boundaries of fences and fields or human constructs. I just sense and notice wildness the uprising of the antlered ones, the primal movements of Sononus and the illumination of the deer through Ellen. These two deities are anchors or reference points for me to connect with as I weave my sacred offerings of gratitude and love for the deer. And in recent decades, there's been much research linked to antlered goddesses so since J.G. McKay was unveiling some of his theories, um, you know, the work has progressed. And there are researchers and writers who link Ellen of the Ways, for example, to a more ancient or Aboriginal antlered reindeer goddess, similar to the Kailak, which is inspired by the female reindeer, who, of course, are the only deer species where 
the females also have antlers and they keep their antlers throughout the winter months to protect the young, unlike the males who tend to lose their antlers during the winter. The reindeer are the deer who are our very ancient, distant, ancestral deer. So those ancestors who have more primitive, distant origin, they followed the reindeer for they knew the deer followed the light and the reindeer also knew places to rest and eat and keep returning to. It was wired into their primitive, instinctive radar, if you like, and it still is. And I'm going to connect more deeply to the reindeer in the special episode I'm planning for the winter solstice. So I'm not going to be sharing an oracle in this episode as I feel that the deer, especially the red stag, is our totemic oracle for now. So I just suggest that you tune into the associations and energies of courage, of strength, of vital purpose, of clarity, of confidence, of self-worth, of enlivening your energy, your well-being, and working with this totem to just basically strengthen you on different levels and see what comes through. Perhaps meditate and call to stag or call to deer as you know the deer. Call to that antlered energy and just listen and see how it affects your daily life. So I just wanted to note and share before I close the episode that I have a Substack now, which I am excited to be sharing many creative offerings and I'm building up to accepting paid subscriptions there. And I'm also considering moving my podcast to that platform, but I'll keep you updated on this. If you'd like to support my free podcast, please do visit my Kofi and buy me a cuppa if you feel so inclined. And I'd like to thank you so much for your support. So now as part of the closing, I would like to invite you to listen to a pathworking invocation meditation to the deer, both the stags and the does, a call for courage and for gentleness in all our changes, challenges and reclaiming of our wild selves. So just find yourself back in the sacred grove where you connected at the start of this episode. And feel into the pathways around you. Just noticing one in particular that calls you towards the deer. Follow the bellow or the call of the stags, the bucks. Follow their energy, their courage, their passion and their strength. 
Feel your feet enlivened and the speed of your walking increasing. Feel the pulse and drumbeat of life force energy supporting your swiftness as you arrive in a pasture of deer. The stags are clashing their antlers. The does are gathering in groups. There is a fire in the air of revival, a force of wildness that tingles through you. And here you call to the antlered ones. You call to the deer to help you remember the truth, to feel clear, to shake off the dust of the old and tired ways to awaken your soul to dream in wildness through your days. Explore this space and notice how you feel. You are safe here amongst the deer. their breath, their hooves, their antlers, their instincts. You are one with them. Bless the deer. Honour their vital wisdom, their gentle awareness and keen senses. Listen to any messages of wisdom coming through from them. Light gradually shifts and you follow your path back to the grove, bringing the dear energy back with you. And notice if there is anywhere in your body you feel this antlered energy. And now you take rest in the grove, taking a slow deep breath as you notice the branches, the light shifting and waning through down the trunk and into the roots. As you breathe in the rooted energy, you are grounded and one with the sacred within and around you. Just take a few moments to bring your awareness back to this present moment. And so this sacred space is closed. Blessed be.